Hello, baseless speculation listener. Do you hate money and earthly possessions? Do you wish to follow the simple life to enlightenment where it's just you, your waterlogged iPhone and us? Well, do we have the solution for you? Baseless Speculation Plus. Just head to sanspantsradio.com slash plus and sign up today to get ad-free early episodes, maybe the occasional bonus episode, and the respect of your loved ones, us. Once again, sanspantsradio.com slash plus. Treat yourself and, by extension, us. We're proud of you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to this week's episode of Baseless Speculation. All the pop culture news and none of the research. I'm Jackson Bailey. I'm Joel Dusha. And we are joined by the ineffable Dave Warnicky. Hello. <laughs> Can't be out. Think... Oh, I'm not sure if I've ever been described that way, but I appreciate it all the that's same. Why, uh, to be honest with you, Dave, that's one of those words where I don't really know what it means. <laughs> yeah, it sounds complimentary. It does. It sounds good to be ineffable, incapable yeah. of being F. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Should we speculate about what it means? <laughs> <laughs> what could it mean? Anyway, boys, what do we think is going to happen in a haunting? Oh, thank God, of a haunting in Venice. Okay, first of all, have the three of us seen all of the Poirot movies up to this point? Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll bravely go first. I haven't seen a single one of them, but okay. I'm familiar with them. I know the stories. <laughs> That's good. Have I, you read th- Have you read them? I don't know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Excuse me. I'm familiar... I would say that the stories of people, like the deaths on the Nile yeah. and the murders that happen on the Orient Express... They're famous. That's true. They are famous. You I get, know what's going on with get, those. I don't need to see them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or read them. <laughs> or read them. <laughs> what about you, Dave? Have you seen the, the Poirot movies? I've seen the first one, The Murder on the Orange Express. Yeah. And to be honest, I just couldn't get on board with Kenneth, Kenneth Brander's mustache. Yeah, fair enough. So I avoided the second one. Yeah, mm, death, death in the death in the death on the Nile. I think it's death on the Nile. I haven't seen that one. 
Yeah. I'm a big fan, a huge fan. Probably one of my top three shows ever is the David Suchet starred series of Poirot. And I've seen all of those. And for me, he is the quintessential Poirot. Mm. How's his moustache? His moustache is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But not over the top of the Kenneth Branagh one. It looks ridiculous. It it is a bit much. And also, I, I think, and I don't know, look, I've not read the Agatha Christie Poirot series. Now... Is his... It's crazy to me you've read any book, to be honest. <laughs> I know you like reading, yeah. but you don't no, I have get it. the I, vibe I, of a man who knows how to read. I don't strike you as literate. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I seem like the kind of guy who is more entertained by keys <laughs> yeah. than a book. I understand that. Um, no, in Death on the Nile, they I think we get the origin of his mustache. Yeah. <laughs> is that something that happens in the um, in the other Poirot series, Dave? Not that I remember the art. Do they he's, show he's a, what? what he's got what a scar underneath it. I think he? so, and yeah. he has a mustache to cover up the scar. I think is the the origin oh, given God, in Death on the Nile, which is crazy. If that's not in any of the original Poirot books or like TV shows, because then, like, some executive <laughs> somewhere was like, "People are going to be asking, why has he got a mustache? We got to give an explanation." I love and, the idea that that executive thinks that everyone with a mustache is hiding something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a sneaky piece of facial hair. It's it's there's something underneath. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's a, it's like a scar from like a past something bad that happened to him or something. I don't know. Uh, in World War One, uh, okay, he tries to help the Belgian infantry company. While his strategy is initially successful, a booby trap kills and injures many in the company, as well as mutilating his face. Oh my god. His fiance does not recoil, but suggests he could grow a mustache to hide his scars. There you go. I, I do it, not remember that with the Suchet. <laughs> I never remember that part. I really hope it, it's completely created law for the uh for, for <laughs> Poirot in the, the, the ser- this series. Kenneth Branagh's Poirot. I I liked Murder on the Orient Express. I thought it was fun enough. I I enjoyed it enough that I went back and rewatched it after seeing it in the cinema, and that's that's, that's huge. Something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th- I think this scenery looked awesome. Like it looked yeah. like it looked great, and I this d- one looks cool too. But there's <laughs> something about the mustache, you know? Yeah, I get it. I get it. Too over the top. I I also oh, think yeah. If if you're not a big mustache guy, Dave, I've look spoilers. Yeah. But there is a scene at the end of Death on the Nile where he shaved the mustache. Oh my god! To reveal the sc- and he grows it back for murder in, uh, yeah. in Venice, I guess. A haunting. A haunting, haunting in Venice. Uh, I'm back that, in. Uh, let's talk about this. That's not the name of the story that the this movie is based on. Yeah. So. As far as I'm aware, and Dave, you're a book guy. You're uh, Mr. Book. You're, you're a bookman. You're Mr. Right. Book yes. Bookman. I've read, I've read a few uh, Poirots. I have. Um, but... Host of the Book Cheat podcast, which exactly. everyone should check out. That's but... why I've also done a Poirot episode there. The Whoa! Whoa! That's the perfect accompaniment to this episode. <laughs> uh, it'll be just as intelligent, too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, so Murder on the Orient-, Orient Express film follows the novel and the overall yeah. story quite like, I know the twist is this. Everybody kills Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> That's the twist. <laughs> Everybody stabs him the fuck up is the, is the end yeah, of the movie. Everyone and Poirot the... says, aces. Yeah, everyone <laughs> on this train fucking hated this guy because he sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Play on. Agatha Christie thought, what if there was a guy who just sucked the most? <laughs> and she based a book on that idea. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, I could kill him with a knife with my friends. <laughs> no one would care. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Death on the Nile 
is also based on a novel, but I don't know if it's the same because I don't know the story. I think, it, I think well, novel. I don't know if the story's the same, but at least the title is. But the the name of uh, a haunting in Venice or whatever is is Halloween Party. Is that correct? It's called Halloween oh, Party. Yes, I remember that one, and I don't think it was in Venice. So they've really <laughs> taken a few liberties. <laughs> yeah. So Halloween Party uh, was. Uh, a book released in 1969, far later in Agatha Christie's oh. life. And uh, when it was originally reviewed, everyone said, mm, she's lost it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but the plot of uh, yeah. Halloween Party is Poirot yeah. and his mystery novelist friend... Tina Fey. Tina Fey. <laughs> Anyway, they get invited to a party. A girl at the party claims to have witnessed a murder, mm-hmm. which at the time she was too young to realize what was happening. Okay. Though disbelieved by those around her, the girl herself is drowned in an apple bobbing bucket, and Poirot must solve the two pronged mystery. <laughs> the two pronged? Because <laughs> he's Poirot. He solves yeah. a two pronged mystery. Yeah, okay. Fabulous. So, yeah, the two pronged mystery. Who killed the girl? And what if, if anything, did she witness? <laughs> that seems so different from this movie where it seems like Michelle Yeoh is uh, having a seance or conducting a seance that works, goes wrong, Poirot sees a ghost in the mirror. That's a completely different story. <coughs> yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> that's I thought nuts. you were going to say more, but you just <laughs> coughed. coughed and then just went silent. Um <laughs> I get, it, I get it because uh, a story where somebody drowns apple bobbing and Poirot's like, "Did she see a murder? She was murdered." <laughs> like less interesting as a movie. Also, Halloween Party is not uh, the catchiest title, really. Yeah, but and I do like that. Clearly, for these movies, they were like, "It's got to be thing in a thing, <laughs> murder or in the Orient Express, death in the Nile," and then they were like. It's got to be a something in a place, I guess. Like, yeah, drowned in the apple bobbing bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. A drowning for apples. <laughs> That's a much better title. I'm certainly but, far more intrigued. But I'm so, I'm just like surprised as to like she wrote like dozens of stories with Poirot in them. Yeah, and they've got for the third one. They've like run out of good ones. So <laughs> yeah, they've gone. Oh, this one wasn't that good. So we'll change everything. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are there are there like any other because Death in the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express? Those are the names of the, the stories. Are there other Poirot stories that follow that pattern? Surely there's another one. Yeah, yeah one of my favorite ones is called Murder in Mesopotamia. Oh, what? D- fucking there you Perfect. go. Like it's got, got an exotic location. It's like an archaeological dig site. Oh. Very cool. It's a great well, one. One thing that I think this one is missing, and I, I, you know, I'm kind of shocked in a way that they didn't tr- keep trying to do, is having Poirot on forms of transportation. I think that is important to a good Poirot. <laughs> you know, he's on a train, train in the first one, on a boat. boat. I guess they're out. Well, now <laughs> Plane. He's, he's, he's on a seance. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, he brought, like it should have been on a gondola or something. Yeah, absolutely. Not, not a lot of space in a gondola. Yeah, not a lot, <laughs> lot of space for a murder on a gondola. If someone gets murdered on a gondola and no one else notices. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there a second guy with me? Hmm. You could not. probably do that if you're on a gondola. And you're snuggling up under a blanket, and the gondola guy's singing, 
time while he's singing that, you just stab your wife a million times. <laughs> and then when he's like, why isn't she getting out? You're like, I don't know. Someone stabbed her. <laughs> I thought... The perfect murder. Well, I thought that this murder was going to take a different turn and the guy mid-song was going to die. So I guess your pitch already okay. has twists and turns. Yeah, exactly. It'd be a much better movie than this. Do we, do we think this looks good? Do we think this looks entertaining? A lot of people, when this trailer dropped, were pretty excited by it, but that's because the Poirot reveal is very late in the trailer. Yeah, that's true. It looks like a horror movie until about half, like, over halfway through. Yeah. When Poirot is like, fuck, have I I lost touch? Yeah. I am retired. He's retired at this point. Oh, my God. I was halfway through the trailer thinking, have I clicked on the right link? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then he he just sort of turns up. Uh, Well, Murder on the Nile didn't do well, right? Or did it do what? I look. I know it had some very controversial actors in it, and it had uh, you know everybody memed the hell out of um, Gal Gadot being like enough champagne to fill the Nile. You remember that line that went yeah. around the internet because she's not the, the best actor in the world. Um, <laughs> and it also had Ganabalani hammer in it, I think too. So it was marred by controversy a bit. Death in the Nile. So I'm, I was really shocked they were making another one. I kind of thought that one came out and everyone was like, well. The Poirot, sort of, um, the modern Poirot movies, never mind, but, yeah. Yeah, so Death on the Nile made uh, $137 million. Okay. But it was made for $90 million, so that is a loss. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, and the budget of this one looks... Like a slightly less impressive too, you know. I don't know. It's a, maybe it, that's why they said no more transport. Yeah. Like you have to be one building. Yeah, should just be a little set at the back of. It's like it's just filmed in, filmed in Kenneth Branagh's house. <laughs> Kenneth, we're coming over. Okay, <laughs> make some space, make some room. Well, I guess Kenneth Branagh's directing it, and he stars in it. So if he really wanted to make it, he could have just taken a pay cut. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's the kind of situation where Kenneth Branagh really loves doing these movies because it seems like he's having fun in them, and so he just wanted to kind of continue on uh i think it's interesting tina fey's in this movie yeah i haven't seen tina fey in anything for a very long time what's she doing here (laughs) she was in soul oh that's true she was in soul that's a good point yeah but i guess that's animated so that's probably not what you're looking for i don't know in that did you watch only murders in the building she was sort of a more than cameo in that oh okay no, I haven't sure. seen that. So maybe she's she's on the way back. Maybe we're it's time for the Tina Faisons, do, do we think? <laughs> she has a cameo in Free Guy. Oh my god. Who does she play? Uh the vacuuming mom. Okay. Oh, and it's her. a voice only cameo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe she is coming back. Maybe Tina Fey's in movies again. Not that she was ever really in movies that much. She was in like Mean Girls and then 30 Rock. Baby Mama. Baby Mama. Oh my god. <laughs> Sisters. Okay. Um, Maybe I don't know shit about Tina Fey. She was in The Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, yeah, that's true. She's in Anchorman 2. She's in the classic Ricky Gervais, one of your favorite comedians' (laughs) movies, The Invention of Lying. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) No, 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 she is in it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. Um, so, yeah, maybe she's back. And maybe she's back. I think it's a Tina Fey on, so I think that's what we're experiencing right now. She definitely fell out of favor with the public. Yes, she certainly did. But she's... maybe she's back. <laughs> yeah. Uh... <laughs> it's it's also, like, one thing with this trailer that really adds to the mystery, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, is yeah. I'm not even 100% sure I know who gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. 
Do you yeah, or if, if there even is a murder, it just looks like people freaking out and maybe a few ghosts popping up here and there. I'm guessing if I had to theorize, knowing that it is based off Halloween party, yeah. Michelle Yeoh's character, who I think will be the one who dies, mm-hmm. so I think there will be a murder and it's her. Okay. I think she will say that she witnessed a murder uh... and then she's doing a seance to try and speak to the kid that maybe yeah. she saw get killed. It's, it seems weird and if... And then that kid comes back as a ghost? Yeah, it seems weird because, yeah, you're right. It seems like the plot could be there was a murder, they're trying to contact the, the, the dead person, whoever it is, and then that dead person keeps appearing to everybody, and the question is, like, obviously, who killed them, but also, are ghosts real? But then surely if that's what you're getting, you're like, well, that's the kid... Like, that seems pretty obvious that the kid's just kind of come back, you know, or was not killed in the first place and is physically... Because I don't think this movie's going to be like, ghosts are real in the Poirot universe, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a pretty bold thing. Although, swing for the fence, Uh uh, Poirot will see a full ghost of his dead wife. Whoa! Come on. Okay. I think you could do a dead wife ghost. I think that's allowed. Well, wife died in Death on the Nile, I think. Isn't she dead in the first one? She's alive in the flashback because she's like, I like grow a mustache. Yeah, but why is he on a train? I think he's sad because his wife's dead. He caught the train to mourn? <laughs> no, I think that's just a side thing that's happening because he looks at, he's got his wife in a locket. Dave, you're the Poirot expert. You should well, know. On the TV show, which yeah. I think is the definitive version, of course. Very fair. Um, He's unmarried. He's never married. Bachelor? Whoa! Yeah, he's like, so he's, 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 he's uh, unlucky in love. He's got a bit of a tragic background here. I think he was once in love and then like maybe he's, uh, it didn't work out. And a few times when people on the show are young and in love, he says, you do not know how lucky you are, that kind of thing. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God. And um, he wears a, like this little like medal that his old flame gave him on his lapel and he carries it everywhere and then there's like a sort of semi love interest this like countess oh of course that he that he's that he's into but she's not really into him and there's an episode where um he expects her to leave him a message and it's really sad because he keeps going to the hotel desk like any messages for me and they're like no damn in fact Poirot it says stop asking (laughs) basically so I don't think that there is a uh, uh, a dead wife or a wife who told him to grow a mustache. I think that's all, I think that's all new stuff. <laughs> that's an awesome addition. That they're like, he needs a dead wife. And she needs to have be the origin of the mustache. All of this Poirot lore. It's also good because Branner is the director and the star. Mm. He clearly wanted to grow that mustache because otherwise he could just be like... <gasps> No, we can direct around Poirot not having a fucked up giant mustache. Yeah, they had yeah. the mustache and then they'd explain it. Yeah. That was definitely a Branner choice. <laughs> yeah. That's all Branner, baby. And he was like, he should be married, but she should be dead. <laughs> Is uh, Do they do Halloween party or have they done Halloween party on the TV show, Dave? Yes, I do remember that one. And I remember the, the, the girl drowning in the... <laughs> The apple bobbing. How yeah. does she drown in that? Does she just bob for apples so bad she dies? No, I think someone like holds her down because uh, of what she's seen. Uh, if I was going to kill somebody with bobbing for apples, I'd make a really heavy apple. Yeah, so when they bite in and pull... <laughs> they get sunk down to the bottom. 
<laughs> and, then, and then you just keep encouraging them. You're nearly there. You got it. Pull it out. Oh, too bad. She died. But the apples killed her, not me. I think I would put a bomb in the apples. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, no. I guess we actually got those rotten apples <laughs> that just do that. <laughs> I think maybe I'd replace the water with apple cider and you just get drunker and drunker as you were pouring oh, no, Pass out. And then be like, it was just the, the apple just fermented. <laughs> they did a quick ferment. I don't know. I'm no scientist. What if we did the thing? What if we light a little fire underneath the apple bobbing? Oh. So you get the water real hot, but it'll be like a lobster or whatever where the water rise, rises in temperature slowly so they don't notice until they've got a boiled head. <laughs> <laughs> what if we do like a cartoon cannibal pot thing where we make them get in and light the fire oh. underneath? That's my dream. I think that would look so lovely. <laughs> you know when they have like a big pot, they light a fire and it's full of like you know potatoes and carrots and stuff. And so, somebody's... do you like the idea of soup or do you like the idea of a guy I, being eaten? I guess what I like the idea of is bathing in soup. Now that I'm examining yeah, but, it, but you know what? When that happens, there's got to be a point where it is actually quite a nice temperature. Yeah, yeah. and then you I think smell. That they have... But do they ever take stock and go, all right, this is going to get worse. But for now, this feels really <laughs> yeah, good. I will enjoy it while I'm here because you've got to make the best of a bad situation. <laughs> you pull a potato out, take a bite, put it back. But you it's, know. Not, it's not cooked. <laughs> will you regret it then? Yeah, because like none of the food will be cooked. Because if, if you're enjoying it, the water's not boiling. Yet, yeah, that's true. Which means nothing's cooking. Yeah. And then it's when you start cooking, which is bad. <laughs> That's when the food starts cooking as well. Yeah. It's hard to enjoy a potato when your skin's falling off. <laughs> uh, yeah, you are right on that one. Yeah, I often am. Uh, do we think there'll be any bobbing for apples in this as a reference to the original text? I think that, and this is a pretty big swing, but also something I, mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident about. I think that Michelle Yeoh's character, who will turn up murdered post-seance. Sure. I think that she saw someone get killed whilst bobbing for apple, you, apples. <laughs> you think they're going to do oh, a... okay. It's going to full on... Okay, like they're going to try and follow the plot of the original story that, that much. But it'll be reversed. So the apple bobbing... Why is that hard to say? Apple, the apple bobbing? Because you're saying bobbing, which has got a bunch of bees, <laughs> and then apple's got a, bun a bunch of bees. <laughs> Just kicked the microphone into my own mouth. It's really <laughs> unstable when Joel Zammett's not here. You also said that Apple also has a bunch of bees. <laughs> <laughs> I meant bees. See, that's they can e easily get them confused. Um. <laughs> and midway through that sentence, kicked a microphone into your own face. <laughs> it's graceful to watch. It really is. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, so I think that the Apple bobbing, they'll keep, like, that'll stick around because that's also like a. It's like an interesting death. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And Michelle Yeoh's character is older in this film. Mm -hmm. So, and it's set in the past already. <laughs> Apple bobbing wouldn't be that weird. To no, either. absolutely. Do, do we think that, uh, like, why is Poirot there? Why is he here for this seance? Doesn't seem like his kind of thing. Oh, because his wife's dead. He's probably trying to reconnect with his dead wife. Oh, you reckon he's oh. he's full on believing in the, in the seance? That's, that's well, interesting. He'll be like... He'll probably take the approach of like, well, it's not real, but what if it is? Oh, and yeah. I want to talk to my dead wife who told me to grow this mustache. Well, yeah, I guess if he's retired in this, maybe he's like, I don't know, like, you know, i got to explore different things. Alternatively, I reckon I Tina Fey, his writer friend, is like, here's a funny thing we could do. There's a seance happening in town. Let's go see if it's real. 
and then they go to the seance. Yeah, that also works. Yeah. That's a much l- more lighthearted start to the story. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's going on over here? <laughs> I've just realised, so is Tina Fey playing his writer friend? That's Ariadne Oliver. She's like a recurring character. Yes, uh, yes I think so, yeah. <gasps> there you go. And that was kind of Agatha Christie's way of making fun of herself because um, throughout the the novels, Ariadne's always complaining about her thing is she's a crime writer and she's created a character who's, uh, I think I think he's Swedish or no, no, Norwegian. Yeah. His name's like Sven Hersen or something like that. And she's always talking about, oh, why did I make him, you know, Norwegian? I know nothing about that. And that's Agatha Christie making fun of herself because she made Poirot Belgian and knew nothing about Belgian <laughs> stuff. And yeah. had to like try and always write that in. Uh, that's great. So is she and Agatha Christie, like, I guess, self-insert into Poirot stories? Yeah, to be there, to be like, I'm an idiot for making <laughs> Belgian, which is great. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you think Tina Fey will play this character well? Because I'm assuming you've seen her depicted in, in like the Poirot TV show. Do you think... Which I'm hearing is the definitive it's version the of the one Poirot. you got to watch. It's the definitive yeah. version. It's Zoe Wanamaker, great English actor. Yeah. In the TV series. I don't know. Do you when they cast her, they say, hey, Zoe, want to make ya a star? <laughs> I think they might have said that the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next one, they said, Faye, Tina. And then, hey, Tina. Sorry about that. Um, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> Will you be in our movie? Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think Tina Fey can pull it off? To be honest... I'm not so sure. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta agree with you. I don't think Tina Fey like. See, this is what I was saying. The world's turned and left Tina Fey behind. <laughs> no, I think she's definitely a great uh, yeah. comedy performer. But like Ariadne Oliver's like this uh, English writer. Maybe Tina Fey will pull it out of the bag if this is a Tina Fey nonsense or whatever we're calling it. <laughs> Tina Fey nonsense. <laughs> it's <just a> Tina <laughs> Fey nonsense. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. She's she's building towards that Oscar <laughs> Brendan Fraser style. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. This could be, be it. The shark or something. <laughs> Very clever. That's an atrocious joke. <laughs> Possibly the worst one I've made in my life, I think. I think like it'd be hard to rank them because I've made so many bad <laughs> bad jokes in my life, but that might be number one. Uh, the whale, too, was right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Far funnier. The shark doesn't even... Like, what's the bit? Horrible stuff. Horrible stuff from Jackson today. I love it. I I was hoping when you kicked the microphone into your own face that it would knock some sense into you, but I guess it just knocked all the good jokes out. (laughs) That is what happened. Mm, That's sad. Uh, It's it's a bummer. Yeah, Tina Fey, you know how some actors are... uh, Good? well, Well, yeah. But you know how some actors are period piece actors and some actors aren't? You know, uh, I think that's was, what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Who was it? I don't know if it was like an internet person or if it was one of our friends that hosts a podcast. Yeah. But this isn't my original thought. Okay. So I'm sure someone listening will be like, hey, you stole that from James, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Sunday Movies. Or, hey, you stole that from Matt Stewart from Do Go On. <laughs> you know him, right, Dave? <laughs> yeah, there's no way you stole it from him. Don't <laughs> no, it's, not, it's a movie thing. It won't be him. I reckon it was either James or Andrew Levin. So okay. I'm going to credit one of them. Okay. Don't know who it was. Yeah, fair. Uh, but they were like period piece actors. You got to look at them and believe that they haven't seen an iPhone. Yes, absolutely. And Tina Fey's definitely seen an iPhone. Tina Fey has seen an iPhone, you know? No way. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. She she looks out of place. She looks wrong. That's why the favorite's so good. Like Emma Stone, I would have thought she looks like she's seen an iPhone, nah. but when you see her in the favorite, you're like, you've never seen an you've iPhone. You've never seen an iPhone in your life. Who do you think is the least 
period piece actor out there today. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, no, he... Timothy Chalamet, are you kidding good. me? He's never seen yeah, a... He look, yeah, he looks like straight out of the French Revolution. And he also, looks like he's never seen a he's regular in, phone. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in Little Women and kills it. I, I'm going to say Vin Diesel. <laughs> or, having said that, I can imagine Vin Diesel playing a medieval oaf. <laughs> Turning a big wheel. I think if they make a live adaptation of Shrek, they should cast Vin Diesel as human Shrek. That's so accurate. Vin Diesel would be a perfect human Shrek. Just whack like a horrible wig on him. Don't even need to hide the fact it's a wig. People judge me before they get to know me. (laughs) I'm like an onion. (laughs) I got layers. I can imagine him saying that in a fast and furious. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm like an onion. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, maybe Vin Diesel's... Yeah, Get maybe- out of my swamp. <laughs> Who is the most iPhone person? Yeah, it's hmm. tricky. It's... It yeah, is I'm tricky. I think as well. Hmm. Mm. Tina Fey, to be honest, is kind of up there. Tina Fey is a very modern-looking human being. Because mm. Vin Diesel, you know, kind of Cro-Magnon-looking <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> He's got a bit of the caveman about <laughs> He's got a bit of the caveman. You know, so, uh, yeah, he doesn't really work. Um, all, I can, all I can think about is Fast and the Furious actors now, and I'm like, what about John Cena? But he could also be like an like Oh, John Cena's warrior. also got a clutch yeah. of the cavemans. Yeah. yeah. John Cena <laughs> seems like the guy in like a medieval movie they bring out to crush someone's head with his hands. Do you know who would yes. not be yeah, believable right. it- in a period piece, but I'd love to see them in one? Jason <laughs> Statham. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Put him in like... 16th century yeah. in a castle. Age of sail in a boat. <laughs> right. Well, Tony to kill Blackbeard. With a stath is, it's impossible to imagine him with hair. Just yeah, try. Just try. Uh, I, yeah. I, think I've, I think I've Googled and imaged it before, and just nothing comes up. Like, he, he never had. had he when never he had. was an Olympic diver, he has some hair. Yeah. Have you seen that? He came fourth in the Olympics. That's, diving. That's insane. Not even didn't even get a medal. Yeah, but sad. I, and I think t- I think it was Commonwealth Games too. <laughs> uh, that's sad. Fourth in the Commonwealth Games. That sucks. Might as well not have gone. Yeah, they should uncast him <laughs> in movies for that. That's yeah. too embarrassing. <laughs> Stay home, Jason Statham. <laughs> if you Google Jason Statham, the number one image is him as a diver, and there's a bit of hair there. You're absolutely right. But then the rest of them, there's a few images of people photoshopping hair on him. <laughs> <laughs> It is well worth a look. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what about, as a, a non-period piece actor, Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Mm. Can you imagine him in a in a sort of period movie? Yeah, I can, sort of. What kind? He'd have to be like, he would be like a... Oh, no, I can imagine him in like a sword and sandals type yeah, kind of... Yeah, he's just like a giant guy. Yeah, I think yeah, all the people, yeah, they're all like sort of like a... You know, big tough guys. Yeah, yeah. I think because we've got we've accidentally gone just fast, <laughs> just fast and furious. I know it's all I can think about now. What yeah. about Seth Rogen? <laughs> can you imagine Seth Rogen in a medieval is... movie that's not about a man who traveled back in time because he smoked a time bomb, <laughs> a time bong, or something? Well, he's in Your Highness, isn't he? Oh, he is too. Fuck. And I don't think that he doesn't smoke a time bong in that, but there's a lot of smoking of yeah. bongs. Okay, fuck. Natalie Portman's in that too. Yeah, well, Natalie Portman's big period piece actor. Yeah. She's got that mouth. 
<laughs> what could okay. you possibly mean by that? <laughs> Mouths from the past. <laughs> Natalie Portman has a past mouth. Look up a picture of Natalie Portman. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that's a mouth from fucking post 1910. <laughs> Can we get uh, an example of a future mouth, please? <laughs> okay, yeah. who's, got, who's got a future mouth? Who's got a future mouth? What? Scarlett Johansson's got a future mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Show me Natalie Portman's mouth. That's, that was a bad photo. <laughs> some people got future mouths, some people got past mouths. I don't, can't explain it, dude. I'm no scientist. I don't know <laughs> what you... <sighs> Yeah, look at that. That's a mouth from the past. I don't. And you want Scarlett Johansson yeah, mouth? Yeah, she's got a future mouth. Like, is it? Well, it's kind of like a just sort of like a more dialed in idea of those some actors, you know, a period piece actors. And I think that the the most defining feature about Natalie Portman that makes her seem like she's from the past is her mouth. <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson has a future mouth. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> This is just a gut feeling, but it's there. You can tell. <laughs> I okay. I think I think Scarlett Johansson could absolutely. Oh, uh, she could be in a period piece, but only to a certain extent. Nineteen fifties on. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Nineteen no, thirties on. I think. Nineteen. She could be in the Roaring Twenties. Yeah, that's true. Fuck. Great Gatsby. Imagine she's in the. If I was like Scarlett Johansson, I would the Great believe Gatsby, you. Yeah, I've seen that like, movie and I'd believe yeah. you. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Which is crazy because Leonardo DiCaprio has not. He's future actor. Yeah, big future actor. That's very true. Except true. when he's. But his most famous role is. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. In the past, it's <laughs> then when the boat dies. Oh yeah, fuck. It's and also, and boat. Romeo, he's very old there. Yeah. That's true. Or is it? But when they he's... have they have guns. So. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of the future. <laughs> is it when he was young, he was a period actor, and then when he got old, he's not? No, but he's in. Oh no, he's not. Wait, is he, he in Babylon? He... Who's in Babylon? Brad Pitt's in Babylon. Brad Pitt. Okay, never mind. I get them mixed up. That's fair. They of uh, Brad Pitt's stunt double in yeah, that's Once true. Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is... It's a period movie. Yeah. Fuck. Mm. Are there no actors that aren't period movies? Yeah. I think that's what we're figuring out. Except Tina Fey. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tina. <laughs> Poor Tina. The teenage nonsense or whatever. It's off to a bad start. What do we think is going to be the resolution to this movie? How's it finish? How's it, how do they wrap it up? What's the big what? reveal? I think well, the trailer had a big reveal, which was Poirot himself, like in the bathroom, yeah. seeing a ghost. And I think that there's a possibility that, for budgetary reasons, he is trapped in the bathroom for the whole movie. <laughs> think about how much cheaper it is if Poirot is in one location for like fifty percent of the movie, and then there's a séance going out outside. Yeah, and then eventually he's able to get out and go. What is happening? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Let me out, but they're too. Yeah, I get it. They're Let too... me see the ghosts. <laughs> it's a ghost outside. But nobody. And wait, maybe when he bangs on the door of the bathroom in the seance, they think that's the ghost. Maybe she's yeah. like, one knock, 
for yes, two knocks for no. And Poirot's like, boom, 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 boom. And they're like, what the hell's the ghost saying? One knock for yes, two knocks, and I murder my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then Poirot's like, bang, bang. And then they murder her, but then Poirot's like, I was part of this. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, And then everyone's responsible, actually. And oh, it's so the murder it's, of the it's Orient Express. Orient Express again. Does well, Death of the Nile just have like a... Just like a normal one murderer, or is it I like don't know. A... I've I've never seen it. You've I'm sure you've seen it on the TV show, Dave. It's a great twist, but I won't spoil it. Whoa! Whoa! I mean, they very they typically do have a pretty good twist, except apparently Halloween Party. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, what do we think? Do we think that they've used the twist of Halloween Party? And Dave, it, you know, I just said there's a good twist, but you've seen the the episode of the TV show. Is there a good twist in Halloween Party? I can't remember who did it, to be honest, in that one. Well, okay. it won't matter because everyone in this has different names. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, there you go. So it's not spoiled. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So they'll, yeah, they're, oh, you're looking up the twist now to see. Uh, no, I won't spoil it yeah. just in case. So I'm just double checking the names. But Joyce dies in... Halloween Party. Yeah, in Halloween Party. And in uh, Murder in... A Haunting in Venice. Yeah. I don't know who dies, but there's no one called Joyce. Oh, there is! Oh, okay. Oh. You just spoiled it. Michelle Yeoh plays Joyce. Oh, my God, you were right. <laughs> she will well, die. She will die. I feel like I feel like what will probably happen is Poirot will get involved and pretend that he believes in all the ghosts. Uh... And everyone will be like, oh, even Poirot believes it, and use that to sort of outwit the murderer, and then at the end reveal, bang. He or she did it, mm-hmm. and this is why, and all, and this is how they did all the ghost stuff. Uh yeah, that so will be good. This is going to pretty much be a live out, ad- ad- like a live adaptation of a Scooby Doo episode. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And there, there'll be some line because I still think that the ghost that everybody's seeing of the supposedly murdered person is just they they weren't murdered. That was the twist. They're just there. <laughs> They're just there, hiding in the walls or whatever. And Joyce you know. in Halloween Party is 13 okay. when she gets drowned in the apple bobbing. Mm. Michelle Yeoh is not 13. Yeah, mm. that's true. She seems older. She does seem older <laughs> than 13, yeah. She could be anywhere from like oh, 17 to 20. <laughs> yeah. So, do, but, but what... Because if the reveal, again, it's like I said at the top of the episode, if the reveal is just ghosts aren't real, you know what I mean? No, so I think that's why they're going to have to use, knowing that Michelle Yeoh has the same name as the character that gets murdered for seeing a murder in the book, Halloween Party. Yeah. Joyce, Michelle Yeoh, is like, hey, let's do it a seance. And also I realized I saw a murder when Mm. I was younger. Poirot is like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm assuming that's what he says. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Then... Whilst doing the seance, Michelle Yeoh is, air quotes, possessed and dies. Oh. And then Poirot is like, shit, maybe ghosts are real, but they're not actually. And the murderer has used ghosts to do the murder, (laughs) but Poirot is also using ghosts to get a confession. (laughs) Okay. Ghosts are a tool. (laughs) Mm. Ghosts aren't real, but fake ghosts are a tool. Yeah. You know what is real, though? What? Summer. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what else about summer, Joel Dusha? It's common. It's co- If you live in the northern hemisphere. Not for us. Not for <laughs> us. Summer is far away it from us. It is cold. But if you're living in the northern hemisphere, which is a majority of our audience, yeah. 
Australia, stop listening. Well, no, keep listening. <laughs> keep listening because it is relevant to you because though summer is far away, you know what you're doing right now? Growing hair. <laughs> <laughs> Winter's the time where you grow the hair. Summer's the time where you're, f- you're faced with the dilemma, how do I get rid of all this hair? And today we are here to tell you the perfect way to achieve a smooth summer or winter bond. Yeah, that's true. And that is with Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped is dedicated in helping you increase your confidence and level up your grooming game with the performance package 4.0 Jackson and Dave (laughs) yeah it's important for you to know too Dave I'm listening (laughs) good the performance package 4.0 it's a kit and it comes with the essential lawnmower 4.0 and that's a waterproof cordless body trimmer you could I don't recommend it but you could shave yourself in the beach (laughs) you could shave yourself at the beach you don't need to worry it's waterproof if you arrive at the sea (laughs) you realize shit I didn't shave before coming here my pubes are popping out of my speedo, nip into the water, you smooth again, just come out of the ocean, everyone's like, where does pubes go? That's your little secret. <laughs> You'll never tell. It is waterproof, but it doesn't say it's salt waterproof, so we don't recommend buying it and shaving yourself in the ocean. <laughs> don't do that. But but you could. But you could. <laughs> You know, it's if nice it was to have a, if, options. Yeah, exactly. If it was a freshwater lake, you might be okay. Hey, Jackson, Dave, yeah. listeners, whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure chest in your pants, <laughs> this is the best trimmer on the market. It is good. It is great. I, I use it all the time. I love it. I love the little... I know you've talked about this before, Dusha, but it is awesome. The torch, because sometimes it gets dark down there. It does. So it's good to be able to see what you're doing. Because, like, you got the light on, or you're at the beach and the sun's setting, and you're bent over trying to see your pubes. And <laughs> you're, you're under creating, the dark. You're, you're <laughs> creating your own shadow. Yeah, exactly. That torch blows that shadow it's right so away. It's so useful. Much it's like great. how the lawnmower blows your pubes away. Yeah. Uh, and, look, you can even trim an arrow pointing to the promised land if you're bold enough. <laughs> <laughs> the promised land being your dick and nuts. Or yeah, pussy. Yeah, or pussy. Or I guess if you got back hair, anus. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, I would do that and then I would have a, uh, one of my chest hair. I don't have chest hair, but if I did have chest yeah, hair, yeah. I'd have an arrow pointing up so that people could get looping my body <laughs> if they followed, followed the arrow. And I could carve those shapes with man shape. Not carve. <laughs> I could shave those shapes with manscape. So other things you get in the performance package are the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. That stuff's awesome. That stuff's so good. My nuts smell (laughs) smell so awesome, man. That's awesome. Every time I take off my pants to go to the toilet or whatever, I'm like, I smell incredible at the moment. And the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, because chafing... It fucking sucks. Yeah, it's very annoying. And it's like when you're wearing your bathing suit all day, it's going to chafe like Absolutely. hell. you're getting salt water in there. Yeah. That's but you need the toner. Not with the crop reviver. That'll yeah. sort you right out. And uh, look, no one also likes nose hairs either. Yeah. It comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0. And you get two free gifts. A travel bag and a high-performance reduced chafing manscaped boxer short. Shit, yes. That's awesome. That's good stuff. So clearly from everything we've just said here, having the right tools for grooming is essential. So do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BASELESS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BASELESS at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles with the besticles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. You know what else is awesome? Poirot solving murders. You know what, you know, 
who could use some manscaped for their facial hair. <laughs> but Poirot to keep it nice and trimmed to keep their mustache going. I mean, I know, Dave, you hate Kenneth Browner's mustache, but do we think, actually, on that, we will get any more mustache lore <laughs> in this, in this movie? There's got to be. There's got to be more. The story just keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's one of those things like McBain and The Simpsons. If you put all those little mustache flashbacks <laughs> together, it creates its own movie. Whoa. Have you ever watched the McBain movie? Yeah, I love it. It is cool. I haven't seen it before. Are you sure? It takes like five minutes. You that's know. not a yeah, feature. Like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's not. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a full movie. It's more like clips from one movie. Is there yeah, a plot? And it becomes a little short. Yeah, there's a, a plot. plot. Yeah, and it's like yeah, some some people have cut it together on YouTube. You can check yeah, it out. I'll check it out. <laughs> I reckon you should. Yeah. Um, what what else are we thinking about this movie? Got any other thoughts? Anything else? Are we excited for it? Are we going to go see this at the cinema? I'm interested to see how spooky it gets. Yeah, that's a good, 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 good yeah, question. Yeah, the trailer really sold it as like a, basically, it felt like a horror movie. And I'm wondering yeah. if they've just done that to get people's attention or if the movie, they're going to like sort of pivot and make it darker and scarier for the whole way through. Well, I mean, that would be, you know, in the absence of any big set pieces like Murder on the Orient Express and Death in the Nile, if they're like, Unfortunately, for budgetary reasons or whatever, we've got to kind of like uh, pull it in, yeah, pull focus a little bit. Maybe then, uh, yeah, they'll they'll really go for that kind of horror element to kind of differentiate it or make it stand out. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. I think that'd be that'd be interesting. It look, you know, it does look spooky enough. There's yeah. people in scary masks. That's... Yeah, what are they doing? Where'd they get those from? Who are those guys in the masks? Huh. Are they from... <laughs> <laughs> that was just the most like humoring me. <laughs> Huh, I wonder. Uh, maybe it's the fucking guys. <laughs> do, do you feel like this is a pivot towards, like, obviously the last movie didn't make as much money as the first one. Yeah. So they're going, mm. we've got to try some new stuff. Like every Poirot movie is going to be like a genre movie from now on. <laughs> and what could there be? Like, you know, like Spaghetti Western with Poirot. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Has Poirot ever gone to the Wild West? Not that I recall. <laughs> That's crazy. That's the perfect place for yeah, him. Yeah, but also... Because like, the Wild West was full of rough and tumble men. Yeah. And Poirot, he's a delicate flower. Did they ever <laughs> cross over Poirot and Colombo? Uh, well, different time periods, but he should, Colombo should turn up. Yeah. Or one of Colombo's ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recently uh, got gifted all of Colombo, so I'm... Very excited about that. You're Columboed to... up. I'm Columboed up, dude. It's crazy how much Columbo I have. I'm you also about to... have a lot of Poirot. Don't I you? have heaps of Poirot and heaps of Columbo. I'm gonna go full detective mode. I'm gonna be solving crimes left and right, dude. <laughs> Columbo's got a dog named Dog. <laughs> That's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> um, I, something I wonder, in the interest of like preserving or like keeping the Colo- uh, Poirot, sorry, franchise going. Yeah. Will they try and do like an Agatha Christie? Not an Agatha Christie. Uh, 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 What's the other one? Poirot and... Sherlock Holmes? No, the other Agatha oh, Christie. Miss Marple. Miss Marple. Do we think they're going to start trying to do Miss Marple movies as a kind of like, let's expand this franchise? Well, I I don't think so, just because it feels like the Poirot is Kenneth Branagh's 
It's not like Agatha Christie is making these. <laughs> yes, that's Rest true. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> a bit late, yeah. <laughs> um, where it's clearly Kenneth Branagh is like, I love these movies. Mm. I love to be the Belgian detective. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So they need someone behind. They need like Judy Dench to get like oh, really, really yeah. into the role and like demand to play it. And like Maggie it Smith, maybe that would be awesome. Maggie Smith, yes, please. Or like, probably, you probably need to go someone a bit younger than those two. Actually, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh... <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. That's, that's, all right. Sigourney, that's Miss Marple. Sigourney Weaver is Miss Marple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. I could kind of see it. Yeah. She could probably do a British accent. I, I think she could pull it off. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she hangs out with Poirot. Kenneth Bright is not Belgium. So. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I'm pretty sure Miss Marple and, and Poirot are from different time periods. Is that correct, Dave? Uh, yeah, uh, I've never been that into Miss Marple. I think it's a bit later. Yeah, I think she's like maybe the like 1920s, maybe, or like 1940s, 50s. <laughs> if I say all these dates, one of them will be correct. Well, when... Cause... Uh, all all the episodes of Miss Marple, the TV series, has come up, take place in the 1950s. Ah, uh, there you go. So that's a bit after Poirot. Poirot's the kind of like... 1800s? No. 1910s? Not in, no, not in the more movies. Like... You forgot something that I said at the start. I did. A bomb went off in World War oh, I and fucked up his true. face. Oh, that's true. That's true. But also, like, I think, you know, she wrote them for so many years that <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the space-time continuum doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, yeah, Halloween Party comes out in the si- yeah, like, late yeah, 60s. Good point. Yeah. Late 60s. But I think that, yeah, it's, that's why it's very, it's very Art Deco, like 1920s, that mm. kind of thing. Yeah. So, hey, they could meet up. Poirot would just be really old. <laughs> or Miss Marple would be very young. Yeah. Baby Miss Marple. Yeah. Maybe they could do. Um, like that Mario game where Yoshi is an adult and Mario is a little baby. Yeah. Maybe Poirot could carry Miss Marple around in like a little backpack. How old does that make Yoshi? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not know. Because if Mario's like, what, two? In that, and he's like, what, 35 now? 40? He's like in his early 20s in Canada. Is Yoshi like 60? I don't know how you're doing that maths. (laughs) Because if if Yoshi is an adult when he's taking baby Mario, okay, say Yoshi's 20. Yeah, but this is where the, you're just throwing an arbitrary number here and then you're going to add another 20 and then be like, whoa! Yeah, I think Yoshi's in his 60s, dude. I don't know how long a lizard lives for. Um, do we have any swings for the fences about this movie? We got any big swings, crazy ideas of, of what's going to happen in Poirot in Haunting in Da Venice. What was Poirot's friend's name again? The writer that's Agatha Christie, but not Agatha Christie? Uh, Ariadne Oliver. Ariadne Oliver. All right, now she seems like the type of character that Kenneth Branagh could easily fuck up the legacy of. Okay. Because she's just recently been introduced, but they'll be like, do you know what would be a huge twist? If she's actually a murderer. Oh. And fans will hate it. <laughs> yeah. But it seems like the type of thing that they'll do to freshen up the franchise. Or, even uh, though the franchise is definitely already dead after this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get another poor. Oh, I mean, we could. Like, if Kenneth Branagh is happy to make another one, we might get another one. But, uh, yeah, I think if that doesn't happen, it's, it's I just not happening. I think even not knowing the money stuff happening yeah. outside of this, the fact that Poirot is already retired when the third movie starts. That's true. And you bring him out of retirement. 
Yeah. Presumably he's going to go back into retirement, <laughs> yeah. and you can't just keep bringing him out of retirement. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. And also, like, I just don't think this is the kind of movie... Like, I like this kind of movie. I like a, a, a little mystery or whatever, but yeah. I don't really think this is the kind of movie that audiences are sort of gagging for at the moment, you know? Like, there was a period of time where it seemed like, like with Knives Out, and uh, there was a couple of other movies that kind of... Not when Knives Out 2 came out, there's a couple of other movies like this that came out, but it kind of fizzled out and people that was stopped only, doing it. That was less than six months well, ago. Well, dude, are um, you hearing any more? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how movie trends work. Uh, well, I just think, I don't know. Nobody, this movie, to me, does not seem like what audiences are really looking for. So. I think what they'll probably have done here, though, is kind of fuck over their core audience because no disrespect to any Poirot heads. I know that I'm in a mm. podcast with two of them. Yeah. It's for the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think they'll watch this and they'll be like, that is too scary for my frail 86-year-old heart. Yeah. I'm going to skip this one. And then if you're a young person, you're like, I don't care I like, about Poirot. <laughs> I like Duke Nukem and skateboards <laughs> yeah, yeah, and fingering. Yeah. This movie has none of those things. It would be awesome if after this it did so badly that Kenneth Branagh did Duke Nukem. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Hail to the chief, baby. He could do it. Kenneth Branagh could play Duke Nukem. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Aliens, kiss my ass. <laughs> he's done quite a uh, like some interesting movies that he's directed, right? Yeah. So like he directed like directed Thor and Cinderella. Yeah. So and then a. Like every Shakespeare, he's, yeah, he's done. He, he, he really could do a Duke Nukem. <laughs> he throws like a period piece, like Shakespeare touch on everything, though, which is why the first Thor is very, like, oh, yeah, kind of has God like, heavy. And well, dude, Duke Nukem is a sort of it's a, it's a classic tale. Maybe it could do with a touch of class, yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh uh, yeah, so can we just what is what is the tale of Duke Nukem? The aliens have come to Earth, dude, and they've captured all the babes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. There's no hot chicks left. There's no hot chicks left, so Duke Nukem's gonna go and stick it to the aliens and he sticks a bomb in one of the aliens' asshole and blows it up. So, you know, that could do with a touch of class, I think. Yeah, he also directed Artemis Fowl, in which has one of the most foul scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Which is mulch diggums dislocating his jaw to eat dirt. It's bad. <laughs> That's disgusting. I think that this. I think there's going to be another. My swing for the fence is there's going to be another Poirot movie after this. Poirot Junior. Yeah. <laughs> oh, love it. Okay. Yeah. Poirot Junior, and they're going to get the guy that played Ace Ventura Junior. <laughs> Josh Flitter. Josh Josh Flitter will play Poirot How Junior. How did you know? Because I follow him on Twitter. He's very funny. <laughs> Everybody go follow Josh Twitter and say, hey, Jackson sent me. Josh Twitter? Josh, <laughs> Josh, follow Josh Flitter on Twitter. I don't know what's wrong with this episode today. <laughs> Dave, we're usually like far more normal, but I feel like we've just been screaming at you for the last hour. <laughs> I've been screaming back. We're good. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened. We're, I feel rudderless. <laughs> Poirot has opened the dark hole within baseless speculation. We're all just screaming into it. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any swing for the fences? I think that Tina Fey will be the murderer and oh, everyone will be like, true. this is a bad idea because she's actually a fan favorite character mm. slash the surrogate. The, the, the self-insert. Self self yeah. yeah, and now they've made her a murderer. Would this, Dave, be just as bad as if she's made a murderer if they tried to make a romance between her and Poirot? 
Oh, God, that'd be so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is weird on a bunch of levels because it is Agatha Christie. It's also good because it's a self-insert character ge- being given to a different writer who is then putting them in a romantic relationship. Yeah. But I feel like that's almost possible. That's maybe my real swing for the fence. Not this Borrow Jr., but <laughs> that they will make um, Denabney. What? Who? What is Denabney? <laughs> oh, that was the name you just had a crack at. A beautiful name, Denabney. <laughs> What's a real name, Dave? Ariadne. 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 <laughs> They'll make Ariadne a love interest for Poirot. That's my swing for the fence. Have you got a swing for the fence, Dave? Big take. Uh, Poirot will die within the first 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> 30 oh! seconds? Yeah, but he won't really be dead. Oh! He'll, he'll do bit of haunting he'll i think ghost poirot will solve the murder <gasps> that's, that's my a, that's great and will the twist prediction. be that he, he wasn't dead the whole time yeah kind of a reverse um sixth sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when someone says i don't see dead people they realize oh <laughs> oh i get it now he's alive we're all alive <laughs> there are no ghosts the idea that poirot is the secret victim but he isn't actually dead is also something this movie will well, yeah, because imagine the murderer thinks they've killed Poirot, and the murderer is like a fake psychic or whatever. Poirot then comes back pretending to be a ghost. The psychic, this is a classic thing, the psychic is like, oh no, I was wrong. The spirit world that I've been pretending is real, is real. And then Poirot can get her or whatever, <laughs> you know. I guess- Does Poirot have a catchphrase when he catches people? Uh well, like a like a book in murder one stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, like as in like how like when Columbo. I'm bringing back Columbo, even though I've never seen an episode. When he says one more thing, hey, he'll be like leaving the room and be like, actually, one more thing. Well, I did see a great Poirot episode once, and Dave, you might know this episode. I only caught the tail end where Poirot was like, "I guess I have not solved the murder." Uh, before you leave, could you sign this piece of paper? And they were like, "Of course, Poirot, I'll sign the piece of paper." And then they didn't. He's like, "Ah ha ha." That was a confession to the murder <laughs> that you just signed. And I was like, that's the greatest trick a detective a detective has in their arsenal. <laughs> Write a confession, <laughs> trick him into signing it, got him. Got Does he do he that often? Know, he doesn't know whether they actually did it. He's <laughs> like, but I've got someone, so my perfect record is still yeah. intact. Remains intact. That's a genius move. I think it's pretty, it's big brain, yeah. Yeah, that's mm. right. He's uh, jailed hundreds of murderers. Nearly all of them innocent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, we, I think I have absolutely no interest in Death Mm. on the Nile. Yeah. Murder on the Orient Express, I've known the twist since I was in like high school. So again, minimal interest. This one though, I'm like, this could be a bit freaky. Yeah, I guess because you don't, you don't, you just kind of want to see what the hell they're doing with it. So it's kind of almost a bit intriguing. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll be as kind of like, I think Murder on the Orient Express has that kind of like lovely art deco elegance to it where part of it is enjoying the movie, but also part of it is being like, damn, it would be awesome to be on a fancy train. Uh, so I don't think you're going to get much of that in this. But I think... could be I could be like, damn, it'd be cool to be in a seance in Venice. Yeah, Venice. yeah that's true. That's true. I just remember that one of the uh, stories, if they wanted to keep it going, they really should have gone for there's a, a mystery called... Death in the Clouds, where someone is murdered on a plane that Poirot's on. Whoa! Why didn't they do that one? That's, like, such a no-brainer. 
And like it would be like one of those elegant kind of fancy planes from the past. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's one location, too. So it'll be cheap. But no, somebody was like, no, this the Agatha Christie's biggest dog shit. <laughs> Halloween party. That's the movie we're making. I guess Kenneth Branagh said that. Well, unless the rise to Halloween party were really cheap. Oh, that's true. Like no one wants to adapt this dog shit book about a 13-year-old being killed by apples. <laughs> Do you think as well, maybe they thought it would be a bit weird to have death on the Nile and then death in the clouds, like two movies with death in them one yeah. after the other? Well, maybe they could have just changed the title. They clearly Murder in the clouds? Kill it yeah, in the well, clouds? Yeah, killer in the cloud sounds good. Killer in the clouds. Yeah, that does but sound But then I'd want cloud spell with a K, I think, which <laughs> would yeah. look stupid. I'd be like, is this a Mortal Kombat movie <laughs> <laughs> about a plane? <laughs> <laughs> and I will I say pretty, yes. I wish. And, and I'm pretty sure. It. I'm pretty sure if my memory serves me correctly. And skip forward if you don't want um, death in the cloud spoiled. But it turns out that the killer kills someone by using a blowgun style dart. Whoa! Oh. And I think that they they might even like um, shoot them with possibly a bee. <laughs> That's awesome. They, Oh, actually, they think that person's been killed or died because they're allergic to a bee sting, but then it turns out that they're actually killed with a blowgun dart. Uh, that's. I mean, I am disappointed somebody didn't shoot a bee across the <laughs> aisle. <laughs> Next time you're on a plane, smuggling some bees, cause havoc. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's- they, they should have made that movie. Well, I mean, if this is a surprise smash hit success, Dave yeah. earlier in the episode suggested maybe they keep making different genres with Poirot. Yeah. I think they might. Yeah. What would be, to round out the episode, what would be your ultimate genre for a Poirot movie? I reckon put Poirot, I'll go first, even though okay. you were looking at Dave and not me. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, I reckon cast him in Scream 7. Oh, he'll solve that crap. He'll yeah. figure it out. He's going to solve the who is Ghostface. Yeah. That's smart. Putting him in like a teen slasher does mm. work. <laughs> ah, it is because you made sweet love that the murderer came for you. <laughs> Your Poro accent at points was getting close to Bora. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> My dead wife. <laughs> I miss her. <laughs> King in the castle. King in the castle. Um, I think my um, favorite setting would probably be um, if they took him to space, Poirot in space. Oh, yeah. But like then it was like a James Bond Moonraker style <laughs> sort of camp over the top. Everyone's shooting each other with little laser guns. That's awesome. That, that's where I'd put him. That's yeah. perfect for Poirot. Is he not in a space suit, but he's fine? That's what I keep imagining. <laughs> <laughs> or, but he's wearing his like seven-piece suit underneath. like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, big silver exterior. <laughs> Um, I think I'd send him back and I'd, I'd call my movie Poirot the First Murder and I would send him back to the first guy who ever got killed by another guy and he'd have to figure out who clubbed who to death or whatever. Yeah, who dropped the rock on this guy. <laughs> Someone... It's like biblical, like Cain and Abel stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got to get God, Cain, and Abel all in the same room together. <laughs> so murderer is... Well, there were so few human beings at that point that he yes. could get the world in one room. Yeah. The murderer walks amongst us, he says to the one remaining human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that would be the perfect movie. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that A Haunting in Venice will actually also be the perfect movie. It could be good. Could be good. (laughs) And on that note, I've been Joel. I've been Jackson. I've been Dave. And Dave, where can we find you? 
Also, thank you so much for guesting on this week's episode of Baseless Speculation. Yeah, much appreciated. An absolute pleasure. It seems appropriate to tell people that they can listen to the Book Cheat podcast, where I find a classic book, read it, summarize it, and then tell two guests all about it. So both them and the people at home don't have to bother reading it. <sighs> Beautiful. That's good. It's good for people like you, Jackson, who I can't imagine reading a book, even though I know you read books. Yeah, I do read books, but I have illiterate vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I have oaf energy, and there's nothing I can do about it. That is correct. Nothing you do will change that. <laughs> and like you said as well, Dave, there is an episode about Poirot, so if you're, you're thirsty for more That's Poirot right. talk, go listen to that one. And Dave, you're also one of the three hosts of Do Go On. Yes, do go on. It's a, that's a comedy history podcast where me, Matt, and Jess take it in turns to report on a topic from history, bring it back to the group, and then we sort of just riff about it whilst secretly learning. Whoa. That's and, good. And there's episodes on that based on real-life murders, so maybe you can listen to it and solve <laughs> it and become Poirot. Poirot, Poirot. Wow, I've said his name so many times this episode, but can't spit it out one last time. Become Poirot in real life. Whoa. And we once, I once actually did a report once on Agatha Christie. Whoa! And the 12-day period where she went missing. Oh! Is that where the Doctor Who episode takes place where there's the big B? <laughs> there's a Doctor Who episode where Agatha Christie gets hassled by a giant bee. I think that is. the Yeah, uh, uh, that's where she went. Uh, yeah, that's that's what happened. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Dave. Yeah. And this has been another episode of Baseless Speculation, and we, well, we've been the BS boys. Oh, yeah. And don't forget, you want to trim your nuts or your sack or your dick? Or, or your, your pussy or your, your butthole. Yeah. Mustache, beard, <laughs> nipple head, hair. Head to manscaped.com. Use the promo code BASELESS for 20% off plus free shipping. Yeah. That's the promo deal. code BASELESS. Like this show name, but only half of it. <laughs> See you next week. Thanks for listening to Baseless Speculation. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes, and if you want us to hear about your baseless speculations, just email us in at baselessspeculation at gmail.com, and to continue the conversation, head on over to our Sandspans Discord or Facebook group. Links to those are in the show notes. Ooh.